Hello and welcome, coffee lovers. Today I am bringing to you a chat that I had with Steve Holt of 90 Plus Coffee. We had uh, this chat a while back, and he was featured in the magazine along with 90 Plus. And so I just wanted to bring that to you today. I also just want to let you know about a little social contest we have running right now. This is for some really fine coffee. Uh, it's an El Salvador by Ida Botley, and produced in collaboration with Pancake Epidemic and roasted by Stumptown Coffee Roasters. Um, they have 100 pounds of this coffee, especially made, and uh, it's going to be roasted on March 5th. Uh, you can actually pre-order the coffee now, but we have a contest where you can win a pound of it. All you need to do is go to coffeeloversmag.com slash contest to, to check it out. So have a look at that and uh, enjoy my conversation with Steve Holt. All right, I'm joined today by uh, Steve Holt. Steve Holt! Steve Uh, Holt. Exclamation point of 90 That's plus right. coffee. <laughs> that is my favorite thing. Do do a lot of people get that or is it do you get questions on it? Um it, either you get it or you don't. Okay. And what I found fascinating when I was in um Melbourne that uh, uh I met quite a few people from New Zealand mm-hmm. and I guess um all of them like know they they know that show. And then I'd talk to them or be introduce them, give them my business card and and then they see it, and then they look at me, uh-huh. and I just kind of like look back at them, and then I'll raise my hands, and then they're like, "No way!" <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it's cool. It's like kind of a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, and so, and then people who haven't seen it, then mm-hmm. you know, the the show Rested Development, but the you know the character is funny. It's just he's just more on jock, and yeah, you know, I'm not a jock. And hopefully no. I'm not a moron. <laughs> I don't think but, so. Uh, but I was him for Halloween one year, oh, and that sweet. was fun. Nice. I had Volt for Steve Holt on my jacket and, you know, <laughs> pulled the whole thing off. So it, it was fun. It's yeah. a good icebreaker if, if you've seen the show, because then that makes it easy to, like, start off with a laugh. But, right. Um, yeah, that's well, me. Little sidebar, little <laughs> icebreaker there, as, as yes. you're saying. Um, but uh, so going to the 90 plus, as we were just talking a moment ago, there's there's such a massive world of difference in, in coffee of, of what's available. Um, just looking at coffee as, I don't know, as like an average consumer. I hate using that phrase because yeah, there is such a broad range of, of what there is and what can be and what people have experienced. And I think like, I, I am, I am always so overjoyed to experience 90 plus coffee because what you guys produce is such a stunningly unique experience from other things that I have had um, that it's, I mean, even though I've had it each time having it is, is such an awesome experience, but it's so vastly different from, um, I don't know, maybe this is a, a bad way to phrase it, but sort of your everyday coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, Thank you. That's that's awesome. I mean, um, not, not to put down other coffee because... I mean, there's like I'm I'm having a I'm having a really great Nicaragua from from Blue Bottle right now. Um, oh yeah, that I just brewed on a Chemex, um, and it's delicious and fantastic. But I still think there's a world of difference between even this and ninety plus. Um, and so I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is, 
why the heck are you guys so different? <laughs> what, what what makes you different? What do you do? What makes it different? Are you sprinkling are fairy doing? dust on all your coffee? I don't know. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> or, or else, you know, I, I would be, you know, staying at home rather than flying out tomorrow to go to the farm and, and work on stuff. Um, I, you know, I, and I've been thinking about this a lot because um, it does get asked, uh, frequently i would mm-hmm. say just like like what do you guys do it's it's like what are we doing then you know native farmers who are around coffee all day and i think that's it i think that the on the estate side um the farm side is that there's a void between great coffee production mm-hmm. um for what they think the result is as opposed to the market side and we came from the market side um uh, in reverse and went to the farm side to figure things out. We know what we wanted. We, we knew that there was uh, uh, minor steps, some inconsistencies on, you know, start to finish from production. Um, and, and some of them are very simple steps. It's like, uh, you know, just the obviously cherry selection, but just paying attention to how the coffee's behaving while it's drying. Um, being able to taste potential coffee projects and then knowing um, that you can make <clears throat> that coffee better than when you found it, mm-hmm. and um, and so that, I think that's what what has really appealed us. Just starting from you know back in 2007 in Ethiopia and just being there, I, I'd say the biggest thing is actually just showing up every day, mm-hmm. and that's that's where that's what makes the difference. Because when you leave that project, it kind of goes back to status quo. Um, <laughs> So we realize this, you know, in Ethiopia, because I mean, not every project that we turn out, you know, ends up being that, you know, Nikise or Hachira profile, or, you know, even on our own estate, there's tons of things that that fail to get to that that formula that we can, um, you know, really repeat and and have consistency. So, um, so there is that there's always that challenge. But if you don't show up every day. And you don't pay attention to what's going on, then then that's where the the system breaks down. Um, and so, luckily, now we have a we have we just hired three new uh, uh, field staff members in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. uh, w- along with Simone Abayu, who's our field director. And it's uh, you just see it if if you're in our space, it's just you know we're on the phone uh, at least every other day. Um, even in the field, I mean, there's there's ways to communicate in Ethiopia that, you know, didn't exist, you know, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can actually, you know, check email out in the countryside. It's crazy, mm-hmm. um, but it it is just uh, paying attention and showing up. That's that's really uh, what it is. Now, as far as the process formula goes, that's where it gets interesting because a lot of these are experiments. But once we taste the results, uh, we can repeat that. And um, but but you do have to um, you do have to participate in in such a way that uh, thinking about the market side when you're making that coffee and being you know having the willingness to experiment, knowing that lots of things will fail to get to that that one kind of special formula that that just seems to kind of sing and and then realizing that you can't get comfortable with that because that could change mm-hmm. so. Um, it's it's a constant um, connection to to the everyday drying, you know. It's it's the art of drying coffee, and you have to you have to show up. Yeah, it's um, it's an incredibly complex 
uh, I mean, that's saying it lightly, process, uh, <laughs> processing yeah. coffee. I mean, would you say, uh, compared to many other producers, that you all are, are more, uh, I don't know, more discerning or more uh, exacting in in the all the steps that go into your processing? Are you more deliberate, specific? Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, we, you know, we ask a lot. And and in in return, we don't always get what we ask for, but we continue to to push and ask for, um, you know, more improvements on the way that uh, you know, coffee can be handled. And and it's just it's just noticing the things like going out in the field and you know all the coffees that are coming into the uh, you know into the baskets. It's like well, you know why would you pick unripe cherries? Why would you pick overripe cherries? Just pick the ripe cherries, bring your basket down, and you shouldn't have to sort mm-hmm. once that comes down to our prep station. There's there's always a couple of things that um, either just fall in or might be picked, like maybe improperly, maybe there was a visual sign of something that you saw that um, when you picked it and then you didn't, you realize you turned the cherry over and it's unripe on one side. Those kind of things can really, um, you know, uh, we're demanding on that side. And, and getting into the quality of of coffee pickers, um, that's where we, that's where it really struggles. It's actually finding enough people that um, that are interested for one and motivated, and and it's not about it's not always about money. I mean, we've offered to pay more money um, for for quality picking, and you know some farmers uh, choose not to go that route because it's a new learning curve or it's extra work. Um, and it's, and money's not the issue. Uh, and so it's more of just, um, feeling a sense of pride in your work. Um, and so we do have this, this super picker named Ben Amin that's, um, on our farm right now. Um, that is, you've seen him in some of the photos and he went out with Craig Simon and, and he's amazing. And, and to, to get those type of, um, uh, pickers that, that understand, you know, uh, the pace of picking and the quality of picking, the, um, that's something that we'll probably always struggle with, especially as our farm grows, um, you know, and we're starting to get in, you know, to the multiple container uh, size of, of production of Gesha. And that's that's just, and that's not far off. So mm. it's really just kind of finding um, the quality work and, and getting that. And that just, just doesn't always happen. I mean, you're, it's, you know, it's fun to go there for your first time, but if you're doing that every day, it's it can be challenging, and so you have to be motivated. Um, but when we show up, we we show them the results, and you know, we brought back that article of Craig, and it showed Ben Hamin, and he was just you could just see the result in his face. He was just really happy that somebody recognized him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other farms, you know, definitely do have quality uh, uh, quality pickers, quality management for sure. But you know, we're just we're, we're kind of just focused on our own thing. So it's hard to kind of compare to see why other farms don't. The, a lot of the other factors are just the, you know, how are you feeding your, your plants? Are you, um, how are you taking care of your farm? Are you investing, you know, into your farm? Are you planting your trees far enough apart? Um, so there's great airflow. Is there, uh, you know, Gesha has a very specific pattern of growth that it needs to have, you know, in our state in Panama. And you just can't get greedy with that. So, um, so there's a lot of factors for sure for, you know, why our coffee is different and, you know, why does the farm next to us, 
you know, produce a certain type of coffee. And then why ours just ends up happening to be, uh, most of our coffee ends up being pretty special um, and and has that recognition in the industry. But um, so it's very complicated. There's a lot of formulas going on with people, with management, with timing, with experimenting. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it just gets crazy. And, and we're a, we're actually a really small team. So it's to, to manage that is quite a bit of work, but we've, we've been doing it for, I'd say long enough to where we feel like comfortable with that challenge every year. Mm-hmm. So that magic fairy dust, that's just you guys showing up, as you say. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's, and some of it is just like, you know, that experiment that just is kind of, you know, went completely the way that we didn't expect and, and you taste it and you're like, wow, that's cool. That's a new taste profile. I've never tasted that before. Mm-hmm. And those are those, you know, unforgettable moments where you just, you realize that there's something new. Um, so I'd say every, we have this cycle of kind of coming up with something new every year. Um, and those two that are, you know, that I talked to you earlier about was just the, you know, the maker series, which is more of a, a program a concept um but it's something that craig and joseph worked on together and they decided to do some pre-processing and there's some mm-hmm. things that just are not being you know uh challenged at a lot of farms around the world they're just they're happy with what they have and and that's cool there's absolutely you know nothing wrong with that i've tasted some amazing coffees just because um of where that coffee's grown and the quality picking and processing is great and you know, those are great coffees, but I think we're just very much engaged into the end result. So we're kind of the bookends. We, that's what we're concerned about is the um, the art of drying coffee, the production, the processing, and then what happens between the barista and the consumer. Mm-hmm. And so we put a lot of energy into both um, because that's important. And, and that's why, like right now, you know, Joseph is with Stefanos and Craig and and Shanghai today, I think, are doing a maker series talk, and mm. um, and it's it's engaging with the definitely the coffee community, but it's showing how there is a collaboration of of an entire cycle of coffee that is very important, and we realized that when Craig embraced that for his performance last year um, at the WBC, and um, and you know we're like friends and family with all of them. You know, Craig actually represents ninety plus quite well in Australia. And so does uh, uh, Stefanos from TAF. And uh, and they are our distributor agents as well, but it's more than that. You know, we share dinners together and we it's it's kind of like traveling with a bunch of bands and uh-huh. you know, it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of the things I, I really love about you guys is is well the two things the sort of family element that you all seem to to cultivate around not just your own company 90 plus but those people who you work with uh, you know craig and stefanos and um uh craig's company and um slayer and uh shoot my brain is failing me oh but the many other people alpha dementia yeah. <laughs> alpha dementia right? timer and yeah, um all those and guys, yeah. and uh you all have this a real awesome interest in um taking a more direct approach with consumers you know as a producer i don't I don't know if there are any other producers taking that step on the on the end of how the coffee and the and the consumer interact. Um, but there's uh, a couple. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think like Ada Battle and uh, she she's very much engaged and she she visits uh, roasters all around Stumptown, Blue Bottle, mm-hmm. and um, 
but yeah, it'd be great to like actually hang out with her and and figure out and get some good feedback. It's like how is it working? You know, communicating to the you know your end client, which is the roaster. But you know, is she is she talking to the baristas? Is she you know uh, able to connect with consumers? Do they understand that you know without her that that whole cycle fails? So mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it, it it is interesting. And I think that's just because we came from the market side that we're, it's so easy for us to kind of translate this. Well, I didn't say easy. It's, it's challenging, um, but we've seen some breakthroughs and we've seen some success with that. Uh, I feel like we're just kind of scratching it right mm-hmm. now at the, at the surface. So it's, um, but we're constantly thinking of, of what's next and, and what are we going to do while still trying to strengthen our, you know, our growth and getting into the, you know, into 40 plus countries, I think is, is where we're at right now. But how do you manage that? How do you get, you know, and then also do, how much do people care about every step of that process? And Mm -hmm. so sometimes, you know, you're like really into the, the story behind the coffee and, and then the consumer gets it and puts a lid on it and walks away. And it's like, and, and that's cool. That's just like, you know, they want their three minutes of escapism with coffee and, and they don't want to hear all of this you know they just want to enjoy it and maybe one day they'll recognize it and maybe they won't but that's just you know you can't please everyone so uh visiting on the on the maker series um Mm -hmm. and uh we had a we had a little bit from craig uh, in the magazine earlier this year after um the international coffee expo in melbourne um uh, i had a little little interview with craig after his performance excuse me and then Mm -hmm. Um, little article in the magazine uh, about the work that he did. Um, so the coffee that he that he had produced, um, like he went out into the fields, picked the cherries, and and did his own processing. Um, that's that's for the Maker Series, right? Or that's part of that. Yeah, that and that kind of came on by you know uh, Craig's interest that he he really wanted to step it up, you know, for his performance and and his whole presentation was based on you know that full cycle of coffee and actually getting feedback from the judges so we can go back and make coffee but you know from um being on the the branding and business development side of things you know with 90 plus and figuring out the strategy i i saw that and i'm like wow that's a cool concept mm-hmm. and um you know so the first thing i was thinking about is like yeah that that's great you know you'd come and participate it's going to help you translate the story a lot better but i see that as like a potential to have something kind of really special and limited you know with with you know coffee that that craig will go to our estate work with joseph and start you know uh writing up ideas about like what what can we do with this coffee we we know the standard way to dry coffee but like what are we how are we going to change some things let's try something new and and that's I mean that's as close as you can get to to fully like owning that coffee, and that that's that that's that true sense of of seed to cup, which I really hate that that phrase because I never <laughs> I I always thought it was never used properly, um, but that is like the true definition that what Craig did, but he just he turned the whole cycle around, mm-hmm. and um and that kind of started something. So it's like well let's develop a program around this, let's get more people involved because because people want that at least on the industry side they want to understand everything and it's not just feeding him a bunch of farm data it's actually if you show up to our estate you're going to go to work and that's you know it it 
it, because it's it, it's necessary to experience that um, and all different levels of work too. So this year we have, um, you know, we are expanding that program. Uh, uh, so we have the Japanese uh, barista champ and the Chinese uh, barista champ, Jeremy Zhang is a Chinese one, um, who has, he had some thoughts about, you know, the, you know, pulping the coffee and, and leaving some of that mucilage on, you know, but he had some ideas about some pre-processing. So I have no idea what is what his formula might be, but that's something we're going to work on together. And, uh, and so, and, and it's fine for us. I mean, we love giving the, the spotlight to people who show up and do work and, um, and, and create something that they can own and then they bring it to their market and then they kind of have their signature on it. And it's like, I went to the farm, I made this coffee that you're drinking. It's marketable. It's uh, it's a great it's a really fun experience for the consumer too because they just might not even know that you kind of have to do that with coffee. But mm-hmm. you get somebody like Craig who, you know, that this whole thing was not intentional to go and market this thing. But obviously, when you get enough people asking to come and and participate, and not everybody does. I mean, we only our distributor um, partners have the right to come to the our Gesha state right now mm-hmm. and make coffee with us because our resources are just not massive and we don't want them to be we want we want to be pretty selective about this but you know i think we're going to have about seven seven of our distributors on the estate from january to february so we got so uh south korea we got a guy named mario uh, who signed on with us from germany um obviously stefanos um and uh there's a couple others we haven't confirmed you know, with, but that's the maker series is just that. And that's just something that, you know, being part of a series is just a, that continual cycle of, of making coffee. It's not just about making coffee on the estate. It's what happens to it in the market side as well. Um, and it's just, for us, it's just really fun. That's what we've kind of always wanted to do anyway. We, you know, we didn't buy the farm to kind of, you know, lock down the gates and say, you know, you know, we're going to hide all of our secrets. We want it right. to be a place where you can collaborate. And I find a lot of that with music. I mean, there's uh, some of the best music that is written is is based off a of collaboration. And it's not always with the same band. I mean, bands get together and they share ideas and, and that's inspiring. So the Maker Series is, is we just saw that opportunity. So our this first tour of uh, Beijing and Shanghai was these seminars, you know, full day seminars for people that were wanted to know what it was like to to make world class coffee, and that's that's both on the processing side and the product and the um, roasting, and then the the purveyance of it, you know, through you know barista skills. So, um, so it took us a short while to put this together, and um, I don't know how it's um, actually going yet because uh, it's, Today's it's the just happening. Right? Um, well, yeah, I think it's the of... fourth and fifth, uh, but I'm getting some cool videos and uh, you know snaps on on facebook actually i just saw craig you know playing his drums on, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean which is kind of cool um but you know i think they're just it's just hang time you mm-hmm. know with that and talking about and it's inspiring i'd say for a lot of these baristas to, to to get to this it it wasn't an accident that these two guys did so well mm-hmm. um it, and it's not just about our coffee it's about it's about them embracing it and it's about them and using their talents to the best of their knowledge. And the coffee that Craig made is the same coffee that Stefano's used to win the, the World Brewers' Cup. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, 
it, it is a, a true collaboration mm-hmm. and and stefanos has no problems hey you know that this coffee rocks and and that i used it and craig got to make it with joseph and so that's where you see that that family cycle of things um going on and it's like sharing you know mm-hmm. we're, we're totally happy to 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 bring people on i mean there's no secrets to to that there are a few secrets that we do have that we want to keep because we're really excited about them Naturally. like our soul kiln um process but all these things are just part of um you know choosing what you want to mm-hmm. you know expose and then some things you want to kind of keep a little bit to yourself but um but you know at the end of the day it's like anybody can come and you know try to replicate what we're doing but we don't really care about that because we're kind of on to the next thing and uh and i hope it does because i i there's so much improvement that needs to happen in coffee in general and and some of the basic steps can you know we we don't score coffee anymore um ironically as our name is but um (laughs) you know you could raise your coffee a couple of points if you just pay attention to um some of the things that go into processing yeah i would think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if everyone was trying to copy you guys that would be pretty cool because then i could taste a bunch of other coffees because we're only in panama and ethiopia which is a lifetime of work but Mm -hmm. it's you know I, i love tasting coffees like you know i had a beautiful kenya peaberry um the other day and it was just it was just really fun to kind of have a moment with that coffee so it was it was cool are you i don't get a taste enough are you guys planning on on kind of expanding past panama and ethiopia or yeah i think eventually i mean we i mean ethiopia is just and it's amazing the the amount of resources that are uh there and and just the, the available projects i mean we, we are we did expand this year in ethiopia we have four new sites that we <clears throat> have surveyed and tasted some of last year's work and saw the potential and and we're going to go full on on these projects we're really happy with with some of these new ones too um but we do have some interest in kenya um but we probably want to focus on something pretty small first but you know <clears throat> getting into the full cherry drying you know, in, in Kenya and then Costa Rica, there's some, some options, but, you know, um, there, there's still quite a bit of work to do on our own estate. So we're not in a huge hurry, but we, we kind of know how to, to even just for a beginning stage to, to get the right people involved and, and go and, and take the processing formulas that, that mm-hmm. we have developed and, and to train people. Um, and it's just, we're at that stage of growth right now. Of, of where we we could do that you know we see that in the near future but um you know there uh, again there's just unlimited work in ethiopia it's amazing there so it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of fun but it's we just don't want to you know take on too much as well but we are, our growth is is definitely um you know pushing on on scaling to a a, a level that we feel really comfortable with some volume projects Mm-hmm. And then also just the the really special ninety plus stuff, which is um, takes just a lot of time yeah. and resources. So it's it's we're you know we are up up to our necks in in work. Very nice. Uh, quick question on the maker series: uh, Shanghai and Beijing. Why there? Um, well, I I I think that uh, so so we just. Uh, we have a, a new uh, distributor, same as Jason uh, Wang at Jazz Cafe, mm-hmm. um, and 
uh, we've been working with Manlao River, uh, which you know Janet. She lives mm-hmm. in Seattle and San Francisco, and and I met her at actually Coffee Fest, and we were just looking for a how do we get into China? I mean, there, I think China was very eager to get into coffee, but it's it's th- there's so much to learn, and and we figured that that is like the prime place because because I think that a lot of the the people that want to get into coffee are just eager to learn right now and might as well get them started off, you know, on the right foot. Right. And, and we just have, we have a special relationship with, uh, Manlao river and jazz cafe. And, um, it's a beautiful place to, to host events like this because of the interest is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also helps us because we're just trying to really, you know, um, get our, our feet solid on the ground in, in China. Cause there's, there's just so much, to do there um and and and, and so, you know some of it can be you know a bit of like uh it might feel um trendy but but we we just don't want that to happen we want it to be you know for real it's like okay it's not just about how expensive the coffee is because i still think coffee is way too cheap but um you know per cup it's it's mm-hmm. amazing you can buy a 50 dollar bag of coffee and and have eight you know, or 32 eight ounce cups and, and pay less than going to a shop. But that's not really the point that the point is that, you know, have the tools to, to have a good coffee experience. And if you're going to start a company, you know, buy the right coffee, you know, start instead of starting off with uh, a different trend that might just be like bad coffee buying practices and roasting improperly. Um, like I've seen in, in some other countries, it's uh and then you're charging like seven dollars for a really bad iced coffee or something it's uh it's funny to 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 see that because i think they got off on the wrong foot Mm -hmm. um so we see this massive growth in in china and i think that's where we want to kind of keep things you know solid and correct you know from the get-go um and uh you know I'll, i'll we'll probably get a good report you know pretty soon from from joseph on how everything's going and um but I, but I think that's just uh, that that's kind of the reason. I mean, and also just to strengthen our relationship with our our presence there. So, it, um, yeah, it is a it is a fascinating thing uh, to look at uh, the world of coffee that's that's kind of available out there and see the the massive sort of gap in knowledge and and not just that, but mm-hmm. sort of the nature of. I, I always kind of look at the experience that people expect in coffee. Um, and if you go around, especially a place like Seattle that's kind of grown on uh, 40 years of Starbucks now, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that has kind of guided the, the sort of social expectation of coffee. And if, and if we're to sit down and honestly look at how that coffee is grown and roasted, uh, you could easily say um, that there's improper techniques in growing, producing, processing, roasting, uh, and, and then you have to ask yourself, well, I mean, yeah, you, look, you look at the, the, the audience and say, the bulk of people expect an experience of coffee that is just made incorrectly, yeah. for lack of a better phrase. And how do, you, how do you take that and transform their experience to understand when I mean not not to not to invalidate people's love of coffee that's burnt and full of sugar, 
yeah i mean if you love it you love it and that's great but um i don't know it's a it's a it's a quandary <laughs> it is and it's you're, you're never gonna make everybody happy I and mean, i think yeah. people are uh, can be set in their their ways but the ones that do kind of recognize that that's where you feel these small wins you know that add up and and it's amazing how fast word spreads i mean we're you, you know just you know china's our biggest market mm-hmm. and that that what didn't exist a year and a half ago that's pretty awesome you know it's it's it, it like tripled you know and it's just because of this because we we took the time and got the right people in place and and made sure that there was education behind it and there's a there's a tasting program behind it there's um uh information on the the projects that is digestible and accessible um but it's also you know we spent we spent quite a bit of time there too so again for us it's it's it always goes back to showing up it's like these events don't just you can't just send your coffee out and hope that it works you got to kind of support it um and get behind get the right team together um to represent it and to put on these kind of events which you know are still fairly new at i mean we do the the trade shows but um but this is like really the first official like event that is um you know that was planned out quite well and we got the right people you know in place and coordinated and and the the agenda of each day it's like you're these people are pretty lucky to have you know that team of of people there with stefanos and craig and joseph and and then to have that support mechanism of jazz cafe and then also to have people show up for the event, which always helps, but it, it looks like it's going, you know, quite well. And and I think out of anything, we're just we're just happy to finally be able in a position to do this. I mean, when we started off, it was like people had the hardest time believing that we were actually coffee producers. Hmm. And I think once we finally uh, secured our first estate and and produced the results that we did, and it wasn't you know just being lucky. Mm-hmm. It never has been being lucky. It's like you, you know, you taste the some of the coffees that we had to let go in Ethiopia. Those early projects, um, you know, go taste them now, and they went right back to where they where they were. You know, just different all the time, and um, and so that's uh, to to be part of this whole like group of people and to be able to produce quality on all these levels. Um, it's like it doesn't just happen. You have to you have to embrace these things and put them together and then you know do really just do the best you can to try to explain it so it's all you know uh, taken in you know the right way and um and we'll you know go back probably every year and and just you know think of that next event or those topics to talk about um you know it it doesn't always come down to like you know what's going on at the symposium and and you know for the scaa and those things are great but you know we've never participated in those but we you know uh, I, I just feel like there's something, you know, like the like the TED conferences are so cool, but they were much cooler when they first started out. Mm. Um, and so, you know, how, how do you connect with all these people in the right way, where it feels like you're just kind of having some really good hang time and and you know, great conversations are 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 what's you know on the on the agenda. I don't know. I I I feel like we just really need to um, be in front of people mm. a lot more. The more that we can do that is is where um, things start to sink in, and there's just this amazing growth in this industry. It's it's just so cool. I mean, I never imagined just being part of something this this cool. Um, I guess the 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 parts that are just you know uh, challenging are just the, the the people that 
come into it and and have a bunch of expectations and um, or feel like it's just more of an an, an ego thing. And and I, I feel like we've been pretty humble with a lot of our our work. I mean, we're enjoying this quite a bit. We're not out to like, you know, always like stomp a competition. That's that's never been you know our goal. We just happen to 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 do you know diligent work and yeah. and our intentions are always about making coffee better than when we found it and that's where uh, that's where that's how things become remarkable and and a lot of it it still is like you know it, it gets built up and there's talk about it and there's marketing behind it and then you have a taste experience and you're like wow this is amazing and um and that all helps to 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 keep us you know going but when you get down to it it's it's like I think so many other people have the same potential of of doing what we're doing. We just decided to, um, you know, to, to quit the right things, you know, because we were roasting and and we just needed to focus just on on mm. processing and 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 when it got challenging, it's like we just kind of stuck through that dip and um, you know, you just have to really push that all the time and that's where that's where the the you know those results come from. Inspiring. And and I and I think that um, that there's just so much more room, you know, for that. Um, and I just hope that the it's at the end of the day that everybody's just like, yeah, that feeling that probably Craig and Stefanos and Joseph have right now when they're hanging out uh, over dinner and and just those conversations are like, uh, uh-huh. I, I can imagine how uh, hysterical they are because <laughs> Craig Craig's a he's a funny dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I love hanging out with him, and then uh, and, and I don't know Stefanos as much, but I can imagine just that those type of experiences that that they get to have, and and that's like any industry. I'm sure this happens in the you know the all the other um, beverage industries, you know, beer, wine, spirits, and uh, tea, and it's just there's there's a connective tribe that just you know continues to to grow, and and everybody's kind of invited at that point. So I, I feel like. Um, you know, it's our 90 plus is about inviting people into, you know, our, our, our space, um, either through a good coffee experience or participating, you know, on, on the processing side. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what that's, I mean, you got to have some meaning behind it. It's not just about, uh, you know, that we kind of sometimes get pinned as, you know, all those guys that sell expensive coffees. And I'm like, yeah, you don't really get it. It's, it's not that it costs a lot of money to, to make coffee. Right. Um, and then the ones that are scarce and outstanding, it's like, of course, they're going to be more expensive. But, um, you know, but we, we do have that full spectrum on our menu of coffees. So, um, yeah, so I, I just hope that people can get to you know, the, the peak of interest into what we all do is, is growing. So I think that's just fun for to, to recognize that, embrace it while it's there and then, you know, continue it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you as we as we wrap up here one one last question. Um, what what's your most favorite coffee that you all are producing right now, and how can I get it? <laughs> um, it is. That is a fair question? Yeah, well, yeah, it changes for me. Depends on how how long the the coffee's been. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd say probably my uh, my my favorite one that we are that we produced last year, we only did 30 kilos of it, um, was Juliet red. Oh. Um, so our, our, our red and Ruby processing is, is 
pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were, and those are some of those formulas that we don't really talk too much about. But it, it's, a, it's a ton of work too, so that's why there's only small amounts of it. But um, it was it was everything. It was it was Lacello, Juliet, and Percy. I don't know if, if your audience knows their those taste profiles, but it's that low fruit influence to high fruit influence and everything in between and that just like really captured it all um so uh and then there was another coffee roteus which was a hybrid of of a of a you know the traditional like washed in honey um that was very good but i'd say you know for this year you know we're we're expanding onto our our pre-processing approach um so obviously i mean craig's coffee was amazing um but I'd say, you know, Juliet Red, Juliet has always been like my favorite coffee mm-hmm. um, because it just has an amazing um, personality to it. And the story is amazing. Uh, we, I'll, I'll send you the, the story of it because it's, it's a really fun cool. coffee for me because I had a personal attachment to it when that was being developed and evaluated. Awesome. So, um, uh, And where, where, can, um, where could listeners get these coffees? Um, Maybe I could put a list of um, roasters in around who are offering your coffee. Um, well, so I'd, I'd I'd have to like put that together because okay. I'd say most of these coffees went um, outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, and there there's uh, you know like Barth at Barrington Coffee in uh, Lee, Massachusetts has he's he's been a core client of ours and mm-hmm. it's been amazing with him. Um, so he has some Lacello and Percy, but okay. these, you know, we, we just, we sold out pretty quickly. So this next yeah. year we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll probably publish a list of where you can get the coffee soon. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time today, Steve. Oh, no worries, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I get that cool. coffee. Well, I'll, I'll send you some, some of the early samples of it. Steve Holt. <laughs> Steve Holt. Steve <laughs> Holt.